All right, you are now tuned in to the Follow Through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 145. Clips and Drew have a big announcement for you guys. Stay tuned to see what it is. We're going to break down all of the playoffs. The Lakers bounce back against Portland. The Clippers are up 2-1 against Dallas. Luka might not play game four. Philly is down 3-0. What the hell are they going to do with their franchise? And, of course, we're going to talk about the NBA Draft Lottery. So follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. Excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast. We're coming at you again this week, Drew. Yep, once I, again. I feel like I'm just seeing you every single day. I know. It's nice, right? It's It actually is nice to actually have somebody <laughs> in my house. This is episode 145. Uh, we got big news today besides watching basketball all day. <laughs> We've been putting this off uh, for a little while due to contracts going back and forth. We have spent the past three years of our lives dedicating ourselves to this podcast, to bringing the best NBA content. We have grown exponentially in the past three years. We are in several different countries. We have awesome fans. Um, and we finally got signed. We got a licensing deal. Basketballnews.com. Now check this out, guys. It's launching Monday. We are extremely excited basketballnews.com where athletes meet analytics this page is going to change the game this site is going to feature insight from the leading minds in basketball by hiring current and former nba players we're going to have analytics we have a proprietary charting technology that's going to offer unique statistical analytics dating all the way back to 1946 Meaning you're going to, if you want to compare Paul Pierce to Larry Bird, it's going to be in the palm of your hand. It's going to be on your computer. Real up-to-date stats. We have journalists and we have former coaches and former NBA players that are going to be distributing podcasts and content. And me and you are up there. Joe. Yeah, we're, we're, we're right there with them. Um, I'm just really excited to see this. And I've seen the demo. It looks great. And we're just excited to be with a company that believes in us. And uh, we're going to crush it. Yeah. And we, I just want to shout out everybody that, that has been a listener with us. We really appreciate your support. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that the people that listen to the show are the reason that we keep doing it. Um, we love we love what we do, and we're hoping that this can kind of take us and this new uh, platform to the next level. I'm very excited. We're both super pumped on this. And for those, again, that may be a little un, unsure about what basketball news is, it's right in the name right there, basketballnews.com. This is going to be your number one spot. For anything related to basketball, whether that be journalists, podcasts, content, uh, analytics is a huge component of this. Uh, there is one site that most of us go to. You're not going to need to go to that site anymore. You're going to switch all the way over to basketball news, and uh, we couldn't be happier. Really excited, man. I just, thinking back, listening to our first few pods, right? And I'm like, how bad were we, right? Terrible. We were so bad. And it's, like, It's nice. I usually do that, I would say, like once a year. I'll go back and listen to one of our first like 12 uh -huh. and god we were we, we weren't as good as we are now no we thought we were good though but like we just it was more about hey let's get a six-pack and talk basketball right, right right and then once people started catching on and we started getting really serious about it it just goes to show you guys that if you put your effort into anything and your passion into anything we've both sacrificed 
a lot to make this happen. And we do this for you guys. And we appreciate the feedback from you. We appreciate the engagement. Our social media page is growing every single day. I mean, 200,000 impressions we get a week. Yep. We're growing our following, our follower base every single week. And we owe that to you guys. And, you know, even withstanding this, uh, the COVID and coming up with content. And, uh, I'm just really proud of us, dog, to be honest with you. I'm really proud. And I'm, very proud to be with basketballnews.com. And like Drew said, it's in the name. Just imagine what it took to get basketballnews.com, people. <laughs> okay, these guys are putting in work. And uh, just just look forward to a lot of really dope shit coming your way, all right? So, the Lakers turned the page, bro. You're, you, were, <laughs> you were worried. You were worried. Yeah. And then it, it, they came out and they kicked some ass. Let's talk about it. I think, I think my pregame speech... That's what it was. I think it worked. It's like me getting in my my home shorts in my man chair. I had to, yeah, I had to, I had to call out some guys. Mm-hmm. But this was great. I was really nervous about this game. Uh, we had to lay it all on the line. And uh, to be quite honest, you know, the the biggest news that came out of this game is that Damian Lillard dislocated his index finger on his left hand, his non shooting hand. Uh, but before all that went down, we had this shit locked up. We came out of the gate ready to go and this is what we need to do as a laker uh, organization as a team this is what we need to see like lebron so i mean i will say that i went in at lebron and anthony davis and what ended up happening in this game is that everybody else stepped up and so this was awesome danny green still not that great we got to talk about him ac you know alex caruso ac fresh still not that great but Kentavious caldwell pope welcome back finally he had his first great performance um, and, and just all across the board, the intensity, everything about this game was what I expect from the Lakers. And I think what most people expected from the Lakers, uh, when, when, you know, we knew this was going to be our matchup. It, it was that first game I'm hoping was just a really, really bad game, a really bad fluke. Um, and I'm, I'm excited that we were able to pull this out. There's not really much analysis I need to give about that game. It was pretty much done and dusted right from the get. Uh, we, we were, we were dominant, uh, and Portland just wasn't, they weren't there. And, and it's very possible that Portland, you know, they have been playing at their highest level for so many games in a row. It's possible that they just needed one of those games where it was like, okay, we just don't have it this game. Um, obviously the big question is whether or not Damian, Damian Lillard is going to be able to play, not whether or not he's going to be able playing. to play at all, but whether or not he's going to be able to play at the same level. Uh, the well, nice, it's not his shooting hand. Yeah, the nice part about it is, is, you know, the injury is on his offhand. The problem really is the fact that he handles the ball so much. Yeah. And it's not like he just only dribbles with his right hand. Um, I still think his jumper and everything should be okay. It's going to be different. It's gonna He's probably going to have the, the fingers taped together on his left so hand or, or some sort of splint or something like that that he's playing with. Um, so it's not going to be easy for him. And one thing I did say, I was talking to my dad earlier today, and I said uh, – you know, if he's putting the ball on the floor with his left hand, I think we should go ahead and give the green light to go ahead and reach. Whoever's guarding him, go ahead and tap that finger a couple times. Just check in to see how what his pain threshold is. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, this could be, you know, kind of the turn of events that the Lakers needed to really end this series quickly. If Dame is not able to perform, we know CJ's already injured somewhat with a back problem. Zach Collins is out for the Zach season. Zach Collins he's out for the season, back. ankle surgery. So, you know, I think... Which is big. It's That's really big. it's really hard to to put the your foot on the gas all the way down to the floor and then not have a couple injuries come through with the, with the amount of games that Portland's had to play and and how quickly these games are coming. They don't have a lot of depth on their squad and it's not not a surprise to me that we're seeing some guys start to fall off due to injury. 
just because of the intensity that they've been playing with. So I, I don't, I kind of wish that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that's not necessarily the case, that the Lakers can't get back into some sort of coasting mode here. I'm hoping that Portland can still bring it a little bit and force us to play well. Uh, but all, all signs are pointing to the fact that the Lakers should be able to take care of business in the next two games. So you're back on, you're back on, we got this series. I am. Okay. Yeah, and I, I never left that. Um, I, I just, shit, man, if Damian Lillard is, is not able to play up to his standards and we revert back to that game one type of stuff where nobody's making shots, we can still lose a game, you know? It, it, and so I, I do think we still, we still need to, you know, take this momentum and move forward. The confidence that KCP should have will be great. He looked fantastic out there. He had 16 there. points. He was that shooting, was... he was shooting beautifully. It, it was the confidence factor that I was really harping on is like in the first game and, and, and previous games, KCP and others were like hesitant to shoot and and it, you just have to have the confidence that you know you can make the shot take it with confidence it will go in or it won't but you just need to be able to bounce back if it doesn't and and they did that everybody needs Marcus Morris confidence that's what people need yeah, yeah the Clippers <laughs> yeah just the just, Clippers Morris brother is, yeah, the, is the most it. confident individual <laughs> in the NBA just shoot the damn go ball. ahead and shoot it no I'm looking forward to the game tonight I, obviously I want to see how Dame does uh, the loss of Zach Collins, it's not huge, but it is another big to come off the bench. Uh, I, I, I want to see – I mean, Danny Green has had two really bad games. Same same with uh, with Caruso. Um, I'd like to see more out of them, but I'm interested. I'm interested tonight, and tonight's going to be a big one. And yeah. It's, it's and a I, home game for Portland. I do have to say, like, all of the shit that I talked to LeBron and Anthony Davis as far as, like, they need to step it up, that that literally wasn't the case. And, and our team handled business here, which is – that's the goal. Like – I, I want to make it clear that, you know, even though I, I, I was hoping that LeBron and AD started to take more shots and score more points, but at the time, that was literally the only option that we have. Now, the goal is for our team to perform like this and have contributions from everybody so that we don't have to rely on LeBron and Anthony Davis to score all our points. This is the kind of game that we loved. I love to see. LeBron only had 10 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and only played 26 minutes. That's fantastic because we got to win, right? The whole thing I've been talking about is whatever can get us to that winning column and, and having us get contributions from not just two or three guys, but from top to bottom, our, our eight-man rotation, if everyone can contribute like this. And the fact that Danny Green and Caruso and Kuzma really didn't play that well and we still got to win is exactly what And they Like I said, need. they brought Dion off the bench real early yesterday. They went yeah. to De- or Was that or yesterday? JR. No, they brought Dion in first. Yeah, Dion and Jr. both got some burn, um, and Dion did not have that great of a game. Um, he only had four points in 15 minutes, and we, we it was nice to to get that 30 point lead because we were able to allow for some of these other bench guys, like Quinn Cook got a lot of minutes, um, Jr. Uh, Morris, uh, they all got pretty good minutes here. So again, it's big boost of confidence. Uh, we'll see how how the how it all shakes out tonight, but I gotta feel. I'm I'm feeling really solid that the Lakers are going to win tonight and hopefully win two more and then the series will be over. We did we record Clippers have played two games since we recorded, right? The, our last pod dropped before the Dallas win in game 2, which was pretty epic. It was epic. And then now you you were able to respond in game 3 and have a big win. Obviously, Luca went down with an ankle injury. That's the chippy most, series, dude. This has been the chippy. most entertaining series. You think so? So far, I think for sure. As just as far as like you know, being able to watch the games, the chippiness is something that we both love. And I, I you know, as a guy who's not really a fan of either of these teams, I love the competitive nature of this series. And the Clippers are are 
it seems like trying to play some version of bully ball against these Dallas team against this Dallas team and maybe punk some of these guys that we thought were soft. And I think Dallas is doing a pretty good job of standing up for themselves, Look, even though they're losing. They lost the game in, in game three. We got checked in game two. Yeah. Like, There's too many open threes. Luca went off. We're definitely missing Pat. Okay. I'm missing Pat Beverly. I don't know how serious this injury is. Seems pretty serious. It does. T- it does. I, we haven't got a time frame yet. That calf has really been bugging him. PG had a really his first his first bad game was game two. Okay, right, and then he followed it up with a pretty shitty game again. He did, but I wanted okay, like he's been playing phenomenally until throughout the bubble. <laughs> yeah. Has one bad game, and then all the memes of playoff P come out, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, and then he took it to heart too. Like, well, with a name like like playoff P, I get a, can we get over that though? Like, who who was the guy? I mean, who? Was he? Did he dub himself Playoff P, I need or to was go, there somebody else that gave him that name? Well, I was actually going to go back and do research. Right. I think it was himself. I feel like it was. Okay. And and shit, maybe Playoff P retired after he left Indiana because he was definitely Playoff P in Indiana. I mean, they got mm-hmm. they they pushed uh, LeBron to a seven game series. I mean, they 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 went head to head against Chicago and and all those and Boston and all those teams, and that's you know before the the broken leg and all that stuff happened. Uh, but maybe he should look at switching it up. I mean, Spicy P's already taken. That's yeah. Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Swaggy P's already Swaggy taken. Swaggy P's taken. So he's going to have to come up with some other uh, nickname for, for, for himself. I knew that after that game, we'd have to adjust some things, right? And I, I wrote it off as Paul had a bad game. You're allowed to have a bad game, right? right? And yeah, he followed it up last night with not a great game. He had a 11, 9, and 7, but he did things that... We need it done. His shot wasn't falling. Nine and seven for- is those are solid numbers right, that but- people are going to sweep under the rug because of the 11 points. But I was more like at the start of the game. The matchups is where I was about. So start the game. Zubox on Finney Smith. We're talking game three now. Game right? three. Okay, yeah. Okay. Zubox on Finney Smith. Morris starts on Luca, which I loved. Right. And then Kawhi's on Porzingis, which I also love. And Porzingis had a really good game, too. What I was concerned about was when I saw uh, the post about Landry starting at the one, right? Or at the guard, they say guard, not point guard. Right. Because during this whole bubble, Landry's been very passive, has not been shooting well. Honestly, Drew, as soon as the game started, there was some, I saw something different in him. I really did. He looked very, very focused. Aggressive. He was extremely aggressive. And we saw in the bubble, like him taking it to the rack a lot. Yes. Now, he's, he's more athletic than, he, than he lets on. You know what he reminds me of, though, is like Austin. Austin Rivers? Yeah. Just kind of, he can really get to the rack. And the fact that you, uh, are a problem from three, like that's really good. Opens up the drive. Uh, totally. Yeah. And we saw a few times in, in, in the preseason games and the seeding games that he could take it to the rack and lay up, and he wasn't just a three-point shooter. But defensively and just his, his aggressiveness, he shot a couple threes last night. He had a, the one at the buzzer. I liked everything about it. And then the wham-bam, thank you, Sham, Landry, oh. slam it. Yes, yes, Land- sir. G- took it to the house on Bobby. On the biggest guy in the NBA. Right? And that was two-handed, bro. That was that was the most surprising play of the game, honestly. was It wasn't that he made the layup or, or you know, he, the fact that he went in with Boban right at the rim and just said, I'm going to go ahead and dunk this two-handed. Uh, that was – that's big for him. That's big for the Clippers. I mean, if you – you are without Pat Bev, and who knows how long this shit's going to last, right? Like you said, there's no timetable. I don't know. So it is going to be a lot more minutes and a lot more opportunity for Shamit in this lineup. So if he can continue to perform at this level, I mean, what, he scored 18 points or something? He 18 last 18. night. 18. Like, he doesn't need to do 18 every game. No. But if he can just be aggressive and have confidence, uh, that that's going to bring a lot of energy and, and points to the team, your team that needs points 
wherever they can get him right now. I mean, Kawhi has been killing. He's 36-9-8 and eight last night. He he looks phenomenal again. Like it's such a it's such a privilege to Paul Paul George can have a bad game and we're still coming out fine on this. Um, I don't expect Paul George to be doing this the whole playoffs. I think he's going to have another breakout game. I think he's going to find his stroke. It's he's just, very good. It's, yes, it's going to happen. Yes, it'll happen. And and some people get in a slump. So uh, and I, I'm sure he sees everything that's happening on social social media. I want to get back to the chippiness though, and I like it. Um, after game one, I mean, Porzingis was ejected game one over what we had already discussed. Nothing he should have been to- tossed out for. But Luca's kind of a shit talker, too. Really? He really is. He really and is. And he should. You you can be. You're one of the best players in the NBA. Definitely. Top five for sure. And it's only his second year. Second year, and you're killing, right? Yeah. And I want to say two things, though. Like, that double foul that was called first where, where, where uh, Luca looks at Montrez and says, stop flopping, right? Yeah. Like, First of all, you fouled him and you stepped on his shoe. That's why he fell. There was no flopping involved in that. That's your take. I watched it a hundred times. He steps on his shoe and he trips. That's what it was. There was no flopping involved. And then Luca, who Montrez is not the dude to talk to, Luca. I told Drew this earlier. Like, Porzingis is not a fucking tough guy. Okay? And I told you after game one, when they're interviewing him, he should have said, like, yo, I didn't I didn't deserve to get kicked out. Find me twenty five K. This is bullshit. No, he said, you know what? I should have I should have known that I had a technical foul and I should be, you know, more aware of that next time. Like, I just didn't like that. Right. And Luca, for talking about people flopping, Luca, I love you, but you flop your ass off too, dude. You're screaming at the refs every single game, uh, begging for calls and shit like that. So don't give me that. Now, what the talk of the day was today was what Montrez, uh, if you're a lip reader, said to Porzingis, which was he called him a pussy ass white boy. And. Honestly, I wasn't. I'm not offended by it. In the climate that we're in right now, people took it to to heart. Like Jason Williams went on and said, you know, and he was so mad at Montrez for saying that, right? And I get it. Like I get where he's coming from. But there's been a lot worse things said on the court than pussy ass white boy. And maybe I'm 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 uh, uh, numb to it because I've been called a pussy ass white boy on a basketball court yep. many times in my life. Any guy who's made it to the <laughs> NBA has been called that at least totally once. Any any white boy that plays at Venice Beach or anywhere that's playing with a with brothers, you're gonna be called a white boy. And it's first of all, it's not even a derogatory term in my mind. Uh, the white boy part isn't. You, no, the pussy is. Yeah, I, right. No, I totally <laughs> yeah, agree. Right. Like there's fighting words. If you pussy is one of them. Like, sure, you're, you're not a pussy. Maybe I should be more upset about it. I'm not. Maybe I'm a. I'm biased because it's Montrez. But um, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, look, it's it's all in the, it's all a part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is not something new. As I said, you've been called that. I have been called that. It's just one of those things, right? In a game that's predominantly African American, that's just what the white boys are called. That we call them white boys. Like we had an all white boy team that we picked whatever a year ago we did. and and that's and that's not a derogatory term it's not i mean and but again you know i there, that's i guess part of the privilege of being a white person is there isn't really a, a derogatory term for a white person like like the whole cracker thing never really offended me no white boy doesn't offend me i am fine i yes i look like a saltine i'm like the same color as a saltine cracker that's a pretty good insult <laughs> but it doesn't hurt my feelings right um it just is what it is i don't i don't think this is shocking uh, maybe for those people that haven't heard that term before or haven't been in these scenarios are, are shocked by this. Uh, it's not great. I mean, I'm not like no, I'm not, what what no, Trez did. I'm not either. But I can only imagine like in a scenario that was reversed, for instance, 
Um, and shit, maybe what happened for the first 50 years of the NBA is the opposite of that, where in the initial stages of the NBA, it was mostly 80% white people, 20% black. Um, obviously, it was all white people for a while. Um, but when that switch happened, I can only imagine the names that those guys endured from the white players, you know, and a lot of N-bombs being dropped. I can only imagine. I mean, Bill Russell has told, has told stories about it. I think Wilt has told a couple stories about it. Like, I think why Jason Williams was so upset is because if the shoe was on the other foot, it would be an outrage. People, would. players would be suspended, kicked off teams, maybe lose contracts. If Trez, well, so yeah, if if Porzingis dropped an N bomb, yes. for instance, on or do or Luca, whoever it mm -hmm. was, dropped an N bomb on Trez. This would have made like national news, and there would have been a scrap, and shit would and have gone down. And for good down. reason, totally, because that is a ridiculously derogatory term. I think this is that's the kind of the thing that I was trying to make. Mm. The point that I was trying to make is like, there's not a term <laughs> for white people that's that derogatory. There's just not. And yeah, but players call other players pussies all the time, right? So that's regardless of skin color, right? And so I think the bigger thing, like honestly, I think the feminist should be more upset than anybody else. Right, because that that's a derogatory term that's offensive to most women, if not all women. Yeah, I mean, even though the number one song in the nation right now has that word in it. WAP. Um, anyway, I our, just our country's going to shit. If this, that's the number one song. <laughs> I told you this today. Like, if that is the number one song in our country, what are we consuming as a people? Look, I I think this is something we can get past. Um, and guess what? Luca and Porzingis are two of the coldest white boys to like play the game. So, and if there's guys there's, that can bounce back from a comment like that, it's those guys. I agree. I'm. Uh, I was sad to see Luca. You, same thing with Dame, like going out with that injury. First of all, he was hobbling early, right? He was favoring some stuff before the ankle happened. Well, because he had a problem with his leg earlier in the bubble. He rolled it pretty bad. I want to say maybe five or six games ago, uh, and then he's been he's been he had it retaped when that first roll happened. Mm. Um, and so this is just this was a bad one. I mean, if you, anyone uh, who saw that has mm. to cringe. If you've ever had your ankle roll before. Mm. When you look at that slow-mo replay of Luca's toe just getting stuck, you're like, oh. I've done that. That's the high ankle right there, and, and those ones are not easy to recover from. And he went to the back and came back and tried to play it. He tried his best, but um, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure. I think he's going to want to play tomorrow afternoon, right. but that's a quick, that's a day and a half, yeah. barely. And, and they're probably going to shoot him up with some cortisone mm -hmm. or something so that he doesn't feel the pain. Let's be bottom line on this. If there's no Luca for the next couple games, done. it's a wrap. It's definitely a wrap because uh, then they have to bring in Trey Burke uh, to start. Who's been great off the bench. Very solid. Yeah. Very, very solid. Mm -hmm. But then they just lose any kind of guard depth that they have um, coming off the bench. Moving forward with the Clippers, we can get off the Clippers in a second. But I got to say, dude, Marcus Morris is playing amazing. Like he has been the backbone of our squad right now. Even though he does take oh. any shot that comes his way. Well, okay. If there's a fraction of an opening. He's taking it. That ball is in the if air. If the ball swings three times and it gets to, to Marcus, he's taking the shot. Now, listen, I don't mind. I don't mind if he's hitting his shots. There was a few times in the regular season uh, pre-COVID where it was just like, yo, you've missed three in a row. Let's give another dude a chance. Marcus looks really focused. He's been playing very well. He's making up for the points that Paul isn't scoring right now. And just defensively, I loved him on Luka. Uh, you know, having Trez back, he still looks very rusty. Uh, his first two buckets were like Hail Marys at the rim that went in, but his en his energy was there. Uh, his intensity was there. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Marcus. And if we can continue getting this Landry Shamit, especially if Pat comes back and we have him coming off the bench with Lou and Lou's getting his stride right now, we look really good. And, again, we're not even talking about how great Kawhi Leonard is playing. 
Like the defense and, and just what Kawhi brings, picking his spots, converting on almost everything he does. Um, it's again, 30, 36 and 38 minutes last night, which is a lot of minutes to be playing, but he has to be playing that. It's an afternoon game tomorrow. I'd like to get this dub, man. I want to get up 3-1 on them. The only hope for Dallas is that Luka can play at the level that he was before the ankle was rolled. There's a possibility that that happens. I mean, there's braces, and as I mentioned, there's there's painkillers and things like that that they can give him, so he just plays through it and then has to deal with the repercussions after the fact. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is you hit it right on the head. If he's not out there or if he's only out there you know, playing at 60%, 70%, this is not going to be – a fun game for the for the Mavericks, you know. Um, Porzingis is more than capable of going off and and like helping them make up for the scoring like like the, the potential lack of scoring that Luca's not going to be able to bring to the table. But it's you know, it just doesn't seem like they have enough in the tank at this point. It would be you know, it's it's another thing entirely if if Luca's able to play and and play at the same level that he's he not going to be 100 percent no matter what no but i'm just saying like if he just if he just pulls it together and just mm-hmm. has a great game and and still is able to do everything that he's been doing as far as as far as still getting to the hole and being able to dish out of out of those drives okay we're gonna have another good game on our hands um but this is definitely the best series and the reason that i'm that i think it is is because of the intensity level like i love the back and forth and so that's why again too going back to like the, what what trez said the shit talking, I like it. it you know, yes. Luca talking shit to Trez, I love that. And I will say that there's guys on this Clipper team that think they might be able to push Dallas around and and you know we did it all season and, with them and manhandle them and and not give them you know maybe that respect that they deserve. And I I love the fact that Dallas is not taking that quietly. I love that Luca's got is is almost ready to fight at the drop of a hat. Would and he really, though? I don't think so. I don't know either, but it, he's I, certainly not backing down. I agree, and I like that. I do. Yeah. I respect that. So that that's, I mean, I love that part of it, and, and the potential of not having Luka playing kind of ruins Kills the, series. the series. Yeah, yeah. It just ruins the series. And, you know, we had called it early that the chippiness, not just with the Clippers, but we're seeing it in a few other games, like today with Marvin Williams and uh, Enos on, on – uh, Orlando got real chippy. Brooke Lopez threw a chair today. Like these dudes are getting angry. They don't like being in the bubble. They're highly competitive, and especially since you can't touch anybody anymore. Right. In the NBA, they're getting really frustrated. They are. I, I totally agree. And I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be more. I think that's gonna be coming. And especially in tomorrow's game, you know, Montrez will see Porzingis. Yep. And uh, I think things are gonna stay chippy. But like you said, let's keep that. I like that. Yeah. Because we got we got nothing but dogs on our team, and we're there is gonna be no backing down from anybody on our squad. He just to put things in reference, guys. Like that Dallas win to beat the Clippers was the first time they beat us all season. That right. was their first win, and it was a hell of a game. It from was them. A, it was a great yeah. game. And again, Paul George having a bad night. No, Pat, this isn't excuses. I'm not giving excuses. No, it was a good game. It, it was a very good yeah. game. I just want to continue defensively, and the the, the ball movement was great. Um, even Jermichael Green played like eight minutes last night, got seven quick points. These guys coming off the bench are looking really good. I'm stoked. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Now we got to talk about the squad that drank like Hercules juice overnight. What the hell happened to the Utah Jazz? It's unbelievable. Is it Conley? Is it just having Conley back? I, well, no, because it started before he came back. I mean, the game two that they had, the blowout win that they had after after the overtime loss, uh, that that happened without Conley playing. Uh, but Conley certainly came back and gave him a boost. He had like twenty seven points. He was like almost perfect from the field. Twenty seven. Uh, you know that's the thing that you talked about, like the Hercules juice or the what? What did Mike drink in Space Jam? Uh, mm. 
The, you remember, remember Mike had the squeegee bottle that he gave. It was just water, but he just put like Mike's special stuff on it, and everyone drank. Is that it what they, they drank? You know, they all felt like they had superpowers. I have not seen a team like that quickly just become a scoring powerhouse without having like an injection of a player, like a substantial player come back. I, I've never seen this. They're, they're shooting the lights out. They're playing with a shit ton of confidence and a lot of effort on defense. And they are running Denver out of the gym right now. It's, it's series, surprising though, isn't it's it? It's a series that I did not. We I, I sat here and said, I don't see a way for Utah to win this series. And now I'm looking at it and they're literally the best team in, I mean, as far as scoring goes, they are the highest scoring team in these playoffs right now. And it this is this is kind of the perfect storm for for Utah to take advantage of. Look, they're scoring left and right. Everyone on their team from top to bottom, everyone in their rotation is playing well. And they're confusing the fuck out of Denver. They're running their system and it's working. You know what it is though, Drew? And it's about the guy that we fucking just do not like. Go there. Yes. It's all about Gobert. And this uh, the Conley uh, Gasol back in Memphis, right? The pick and roll. I really think that as much as we don't like Gobert, we take for granted about how good he is. I think he is the last true center in the NBA that knows his position, right? And I'm only like knows his position. He doesn't stretch and shoot threes, sets picks, rolls to the basket, block shots, defends, uh, is a rim protector, cleans up the trash. Um, it's huge. And it just reminds me, again, I'm being biased. Like, Zubox kind of like that, too. Like, they know their roles. Gobert hasn't ever developed, like, a 15-footer at all. He just knows his position and knows his role, and he does it very, very well. He had 24-14 and 14 last night, uh, which is, like, exactly what you want from your center. But it's the intangibles, again, making sure Donovan and Mike Conley get off those screens to get their open jumpers. It's so important. It's what Nurkic does. It's what Zubok does. Um, the pick and roll is just it's a it's like a lost art form right now and they do it very well and Conley who's been so like sporadic throughout the past totally. five years with injuries and whatnot and he's like one of the nicest guys in the NBA everybody loves playing with Mike Conley great person it was great to see him go off I would like to see it happen again because you know I want to see Utah the next round and you might if, get him if if we and make it, might it to the be, it might round. be a bad wish. <laughs> I, okay, then let's 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 talk about the other end though. Like sure. Denver has so much talent, and we're expecting so much out of them, and they're getting manhandled. They and we're flat, bro. Flat for and the, two games in a row. Flat. But it looks like the guy that can get the buckets is is Junior. You know what I mean? Michael Porter. Yeah, he looks so good and fluid out there, and the length of them you thought would like disrupt uh, Utah a totally. little more, yes. and it's just not. It's not. Right. It's not. And, you know, I've said it before, but we Gary Harris still is not playing. I'm assuming he's just out for the year. I mean, they haven't really seemed like make any statement on that. But he is just not playing. And, and not having a perimeter defender to go up against directly against Donovan Mitchell is a problem. Like, they have they have athletic guys, but they also don't have Will Barton, who, who they would be relying on as well. So both Harris and Barton not playing, you know, then you're looking at Torrey Craig or somebody like that to try and guard. My guy. Donovan, nobody can guard Donovan Mitchell on this team uh, for Denver. They just they can't stop him, and he's been playing lights out, like literally having the best games that that he can have, along with the entire team playing their asses off. Joe Ingles doing whatever he wants. Uh, fucking Niang is getting big yeah. minutes and, get, yeah. and big points for them. Yeah. Clarkson has been playing his ass off. Yes. I have to mention that as well. Like he's been scoring, he's been a scoring machine for them. This was the series that I thought was going to be pretty quick and easy for Denver. And right now, unless they make some sort of change, Mike Malone said it last night in, in a post game. He's like, 
they're just kicking our ass. Like, there's not really much else to say. Like, we, we're just we're, we're being outplayed in every category, and that's the truth. There, there's nothing that Denver is bringing to the table as far as intensity, um, or like defensive pressure that makes any indication that this series is going to switch back in their favor. Don't you? Didn't they want to run the office through Jokic though? Right? They want Jokic is getting guarded by the de- defensive player of the year. It makes it very difficult. Right. And one thing that we do know is Gobert plays defense, and he's going to body up on this dude. All right, and then the the Rockets, bro. They're just shooting the lights out. Okay, how the hell is this even working? Yeah, this one sucks. <laughs> I'm, we're disappointed. I'm really upset. We're watching Game Three right now uh, between Houston and Oklahoma City. These first two games were really, really bad for Oklahoma City. Um, as much as they've been really good for Houston, like it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Like I, I definitely thought Oklahoma City had a team that was capable of running their system offensively and getting the buckets that they need. And then also a team that is pretty good defensively. Like they have Dort who, who missed the first game. Dort, This guy's doing a really good job. I think, uh, you know, as, as good of a job as you can do on James Harden, uh, we're watching him right now go through screen after screen and still staying in front. But Houston is, is in one of those grooves right now. And this is what we said. It comes down to whether or not they're going to be able to hit their three point shots at a, at a good clip. And they've been doing that. Not only that, but like Oklahoma City has just not been competing. Steven Adams is pretty much virtually out of the series, and and we thought there was a real opportunity for him to take advantage of, and he's just not able to do it. So hats off to the defensive side of Houston, which doesn't get praised enough. It doesn't. And there, we thought it was going to be tough, dude. Do I? De- I call a seven game series, and right now, I mean, Houston's up by five in this game three. If they go down three zero, this is a wrap, baby. I mean, that's it is what it is. They they can win one game, but. I'm shocked at just it, just the discrepancy between these two teams. They don't even seem like – it seems like Houston's on another level than Oklahoma City, and I could not have thought that that was going to be the case when we started this series. Well, go, coming into the bubble, like OKC was one of the hottest teams. Yeah, right? they were. They and had the, the hottest – I think they had the best record out, uh, after the All-Star. All-Star break in the NBA other than maybe like But then who's Toronto. the guy? It's got to be Gallo or CP, right? And Because Shea's not playing great. They don't have great three-point shooting. If they don't win today, it's another one of those. It's another wrap. So this, I think, is the most interesting thing. Um, every single one of these series, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, looks like all of them could be done within four or five games. Every single one of them. Boston and Philly, that one's pretty much a wrap. Philly's down 3-0. I want to talk about them, though. Um, Orlando has no hope anymore. I mean, they, they won game one, but that's just what they do. <laughs> that's they a like, wrap. <laughs> they, they did the same thing against uh, Toronto last year when they were in the eight seed. They won the first game and then lost four in a row. Uh, we already know the Nets are done pretty much. They're down 3-0. Thanks for coming, though, Nets. They, 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 we just finished Miami uh, against Indiana game three. That's done. They're done. Miami's up 3-0. Like, it's it, – I thought there was going to be some better series, um, especially this one, Houston, Houston, and OKC. We definitely thought, and it just seven. doesn't seem like that's the case. I no. mean, look, if Doncic is out, and and uh, as we expect, Damian to be off his game a little bit, literally every single series could end in four or five games, and that may be the most surprising aspect of this first round. It could be the quickest first round in the history of the NBA. Philly is going to, and we've said it all season long, like we don't even need to talk about the Bucks. Giannis is killing everybody. That shit's going to be over real quick. Embiid and Philly, losing Ben Simmons was so huge. 
Brett Brown looks the one thing I noticed at the start of the game was I'm like, yo, he looks defeated, right? Brett Brown looks so tired and defeated, and this the the choice of the button down, the button down shirt, terrible choice, terrible choice, Untucked, button yes, down looked really bad. Ugh. And most of these teams, they're looking fly. Coaching staff with the polos the nice, and the matching. Nice, why would they not the, do the polo? Well, thank you. I'd be all about the polo. The polo. Is way better. I actually just purchased the Clipper polo because <laughs> it looks really nice. Like I could wear that to a nice dinner. You know what I'm saying? But Brett Brown chooses like the untucked button-up long-sleeve shirt terrible choice. i'm like yo so he looks absolutely defeated and like, he I looks just, like a restaurant manager that just got off shift yes it's exactly what he looks just like. just got off his shift. eight hour shift it was a double brutal yes it was swamped right he's like i gotta untuck this shirt once, right now once they lost ben simmons <laughs> like you know brett brown unfortunately this he has is no probably, answers he, he just doesn't seem like he has a drawing board that he can go back to well i just don't think he has the talent like yes you want to look at horford and tobias and be like yo we have 240 million dollars committed to these guys first of all that's your fault for paying <laughs> for paying that much money that's why we had to get rid of toby we love toby but we don't love toby 180 million dollars worth right and but when you're you got to be the guy and bead is playing his ass off He's doing his best. He is doing his best. I mean, I don't think, I think defensively he's kind of lackadaisical, but I also think he sees the writing on the wall. Like, you know, especially now. I mean, after game three, it's, it's, it's definitely a wrap. Uh, Brett Brown needs to be fired. That's just the bottom line. I know. I like him. I I do too. He's a, he seems like a really nice dude, Mm -hmm. a really great guy, New England guy. I love his accent. Me too. Um, but this is just time. It's just time. Like, you know, each, each, uh, franchise has this moment. Uh, where either something has been working or it hasn't. And they've given Brett Brown plenty of time to figure this out. And look, yes, he lost Ben Simmons, who I think honestly defensively is a bigger loss than he is maybe offensively. Um, but that loss, you know, it, it can't be understated. It's a big loss. I get it. That's but your I'm franchise, saying, Drew. It's a huge loss. Hey, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to hide that point. But what I'm getting at is like any good coach might try something. Go ahead and tr- let's – what if you just run Josh Richardson and Horford pick and pop, pick and roll at the top? Spread Toby out, get Tobias, or excuse me, get get Embiid in the short corner, or Josh Richardson and Embiid, or Tobias you and Embiid. The- just start trying running some two-man game that creates some space offensively for Embiid to work on the post or to get like a decent open shot. It just doesn't – he just he has a lack of imagination right now, and it's it's – very obvious. There was only one player on in Philly's game yesterday that was a plus eleven. Everybody else was a minus. Do you know who it was? Was it Thibel? Corkmoss. Corkmoss. He was the only one, right? Yeah. And that dude can fire. We got an. I got a DM today when I posted about uh, Philly, and they. This was. It was my boy uh, C Brown, aka Amtrak, and he said redoing the draft, redoing the drafts over seven years. The Sixers could have Embiid, Tatum. Giannis, D-Book, and Simmons with Jokic coming off the bench. Can you fucking believe that? If you re- if you redrafted. Let me read that again. Embiid, Tatum, Giannis, D-Book, and Simmons with Jokic coming off the bench. Insane. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah, but you know what? Gone fishing, Philly. It was a nice run while it was there. We had them if at full health in the finals yep. against against the Bucks. Yep. And that's just not going to happen. No, it's not. And... Um... A lot of people are probably going to be bringing up the 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 topic of Philadelphia maybe needs to choose between Embiid and Simmons. It happens every year uh, since they've since they've been playing together. Every year we get through the same conversation: should they stay together? Should they try and trade one of them and get another piece? Um, and look, I I still think there's an opportunity for Embiid and Simmons to win a championship in Philadelphia together. 
The fact of the matter is, Kawhi beat them on one of the craziest last-second shots that we've ever seen in playoff history. The four-bouncer. We all know what happened. And, it's and the name of his new shoe, by the way. They were, which is awesome. Four bounce. And that's, but the the point I'm making is they were close. They were really close to getting somewhere pretty significant with this team. So I don't think that you need to do that yet. I think you need to look at coaching, and I think you need to bring someone new in there, someone that might have some good ideas about how to get space and play those two guys together. Uh, the biggest problem, unfortunately, for Philadelphia other than the fact that they need a new coach, is that they're so locked up in all this money for all four of these players, Embiid, Simmons, Horford, and Tobias. And trying to trade now Horford or Tobias is just like a – it's like it not an option. So if they do want to trade, try and trade someone, they're going to probably have to let Simmons or Embiid go. That's why I do think whoever they're going to get – I mean, shit, if they, what, if they keep Brett Brown, I just don't know what to think. Uh, they have to let him go. They have to try and bring someone new into the into the into the franchise. But I think I think you can try that again. You just re up with this squad. Maybe you try and find a, a nice backup point guard that knows how to throw a, a post entry pass. Uh, because if Simmons is out again, you're going to need an actual point guard to step up. Shake Milton's fine. You can still have him on the roster. Not but starting though. No, he's no. not. He's not what you would call a traditional point he's guard. Not a good shot creator either. Right, and so he's a good. He's a good knockdown three point shooter, and he's a fine NBA player. I'm not. He's he's fine, but they just they need a new coach. I think they need a couple. You know of those of those pieces like shit. They could really use T.J. McConnell right now, who they let go to Indiana. They could really use Trey Burke right now, who's playing his ass off for Dallas, who was on their team this year. They just got to do better with those with yeah, those players. If you decide to trade Simmons or Embiid, you're basically starting over, and they they can't do that. No, I mean you, the, the option they have the pieces. They I don't think, have to start over. The option right. would be like you could go trade Simmons for Bradley Beal, something mm-hmm. that we we brought up like a year ago. You could do that, and then you wouldn't have to start over. Like there, the fact of the matter is, Embiid and Simmons would be able to garnish some really good stuff coming back to your franchise. It's just there's so few franchises out there that they could possibly trade those people to that would be able to afford them and also have the assets in return that you would want. So it's just not an easy road to get rid of those guys. And like I said, there's still a road here for success. It's only going to get tougher next year with with presumably Kevin Durant and Kyrie coming back for Brooklyn, presumably Giannis and and that whole team re-up again. Miami's only going to get better. Like, it's not getting any easier for this team. The window might be closing, but I still think you can try it one more year. You also need to be able to shoot. In game three of the NBA playoffs, when you're playing for your life, your team shoots the worst, 29.5%, the worst in franchise history since 63-64. You can't do that, dude. And it's not Brett Brown taking the shots. So, just, you You have a point to be made, but it's Brett Brown that decides who's going to be on his team and who's playing. I'm with it. Uh, draft lottery. Knicks yep. got fucked again. Hey, oh wh- my god! Wh- what is the what is the karma problem with the Knicks? Wow. Is it Dolan? I hope so. How do you get eighth? Like, did you see Homeboy's face? Did you see Homeboy's face when they pulled eight so out? So defeated. <laughs> so, like, and first of all, this is a very very bad draft. Very bad meaning after three, it's or after four is going to be top to bottom. It's, top, bad. it's bad. The <laughs> best player in this draft, you could name it if it, if you think Lamelo Ball is the best player, or if you think. James Wiseman or, or Edwards or any, Obi Toppin, any of the guys that you say, okay, that's the best player in the draft, all of them are below what we would normally expect in a, in a typical NBA draft. I mean, granted, we don't think every draft is going to be stacked like the last one with, with Zion or even the previous one with Luka and Trey. 
That's not going to happen. We know that. But this may be the worst draft that we've seen in a while. Since Anthony Bennett. But even the Anthony Bennett had some good players in that draft right. that, you know, that ended up playing pretty well. That was Giannis's draft. That's what I'm it? saying. Yeah. Like there's there's good players in that draft. Right. And we all will look back, you know, five, ten years from now. I, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, maybe one or two guys that, Diamond in the rough. that do something in the league. But when I'm looking at this roster, I don't really see any potential all-stars at all. Now, there's a case to be made for LaMelo, right? Because he's kind of the unproven one. He seems to be bringing a lot of the same flair that Trey Young has and potential, like, limitless range and shot making and fun passes and things like that. The kid can't play any defense. Let's just be real. Can we all be honest about that? No one's brought this up once. Have you ever seen him try to play defense on anybody? No. No. Okay. He's going to get torched, okay? We talk about Trey Young being the worst defender in the league. He's going to be really happy to see LaMelo Ball in this league because that kid hasn't played a second of defense since he was 14 years old. You can old. teach defense, though. You can teach defense. You can't teach height. He has height. So that's a, that's a plus. He's long. Hopefully he'll take on some of the – I don't know. Lonzo's a hell of a defensive player, so maybe Lonzo can give him some tips on how to be at least somewhat productive on the defensive end. This is a forgettable draft. So if the Knicks have to get fucked again – at least it's on a real shitty draft. I just think this is where your organizations, this is where the, the, the scouting and the watching of tapes, and especially in COVID and not being able to have real workouts where you can work people out and find that, that gem in there, it's going to be really difficult. This is where you pay these top guys like Lawrence Frank and people like this to go out there and find the right yep. guy, the right guy at eight. I'm really big on Weissman, even though he barely played college basketball. You know what he I mean? He looks good. He looks So if, if we're talking about like the guys that are – the most ready the talents right there wiseman is is probably there and i think this kid obi Toppin yeah. from dayton this kid is is solid and what i mean by that is like is he going to make an all-star team probably not but can he be kind of like tobias harris i think so he's the both of those guys are both physically ready yes i just think that uh, and, and let's you know the elephants in the room golden state has the number two pick uh once again the basketball god's blessing Golden State Warriors with. I thought they were going to get the first pick. Dude. And I, dude, I was texting our boy Jeff Crompton. I'm like, you motherfuckers are going to get the They're number get one the first pick. pick. And, and Steph's dude, just smiling. Yeah, the whole he's just time. smiling the whole time with his cornrows, which don't look that bad. Not going to, not going to lie. They don't. I don't think you should wear them for the season. The quarantine rose. Yeah, but we, Drew and I both feel that there's going to be possibly a package deal, maybe with Wiggins and that number two to somebody that might need it. Or in a draft like this. Mm-hmm. This is where you risk it. This is where you go ahead and say, all right, fuck it, let's package mm-hmm. this one and next year's first round. If you're Golden State, you expect to have a good year next year, right? Let's take, okay, we have the second pick. We have Wiggins, who's presumably up for a trade. We don't know that. They seem to like him pretty pretty good when he was there for a little while. Um, but they have a really nice option to trade Wiggins, potentially, uh, maybe another couple of their young guys, and this pick and another to bring in a really established player i mean if we don't that's know what you want, I, if that's what they want exactly i i honestly the first thing i thought about is if, if they can get wise uh wiseman wiseman excuse me i call him Weitzman. sorry wiseman i think he'd be perfect for them i mean draymond's getting older he looks like he likes to bang in the paint he's physical runs the floor can block shots like what else do they need but then we both said that like you know if they this, don't play big they don't they definitely don't play big they don't play big they i mean they had javel mcgee as their center last year mm. you know the year before that it was bogut after he played in australia for a whole fucking season like they don't usually need a big guy i what i said when we talked about this briefly is i i do think they need to try and replace livingston and iguadala right and and what i mean by that is they, they probably could use a backup point guard 
I would, you know, Jordan Poole isn't cutting it. Um, you know, they could use a backup to, to relieve some some space and time when Steph goes out of the game. Um, and then they could use a, a nice wing player like Obi Toppin, for instance. And I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, each I would imagine at, specifically in this draft when it's when it's not very clear who the best player is. That's when franchises really key in on what their needs are. It's when franchises should key in on what their actual needs are and draft for that specific need, as opposed to drafting like the best the best player out and out, even if you don't necessarily need him to fill a spot on your roster. And I think you know if there's an organization that's proven that they know how to draft well, you could say it's the Golden State Warriors over the last couple of years. They do know that, even though Jerry West is now a part of the Clippers organization. Yes, sir. Uh, but they, they definitely have a system. They know what they're looking for. I wouldn't be surprised if they just take the draft and, and try to draft the best available player for their franchise and for their team and their system. But it does open up the opportunity for dra- uh, for trades. And I'm thinking if it's not them, maybe it's Minnesota who tries to package the number one deal, you know, number one pick and some other people to go get Devin Booker from the Suns. Um, or, you know, if the Bulls are trying to, you know. Shit, that would be it. That's yeah, the one. That, that's a good option. Wait a minute. That's the one, Drew. Yeah. They've wanted to play together. They all wanted to play together. I just don't I don't see the monies would be crazy. I don't though. see the Suns letting Devin Booker go. I just don't see it. I mean, the they're a very poorly run organization, so if there's a team that might let Devin Booker go. We don't call him Devin Booker though, it Drew. Would be What's his Devin name Cooker. Though? Thank you. If, if if there is an organization that's dumb enough to let this guy go, it would be the Suns. And maybe they just decide, you know, to do an Oklahoma City kind of a thing. And just say fuck it, clear out. Like just you know, we'll, we, we have Aiton, mm-hmm. so we'll just do, we'll keep Aiton, mm-hmm. and then we'll just open it all up. We'll just get as many picks as we can, and then just go that route. I think it would be a bad decision for the Phoenix to let this kid go. He's he's 23 years old. He's already a proven scorer in this league and, and an All Star level player. We just saw and a true the Foxman. We, yeah, we just yeah, well, <laughs> we, we yeah, we don't know about his necessarily his selection of women. Uh, we've heard a lot recently and seen a lot recently about. Oh, boy. Um, some of the women he's come up across. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes, I think, you know, in a draft like this, you're going to see some moves. You're going to see, I mean, I how many picks does Oklahoma City have in this draft? 37. That's what, and like, they have 37 and, over imagine, the next three years. Imagine Sam Presti being like, look at all these fucking picks I got. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at this draft and he's like, oh, fuck. Like, this is where I'm going to have to use these picks. Now, Now, granted, they have a lot for years to come. They do. They got every one of ours. Uh, it's not all in this draft, but there is quite a few picks that they have in this draft. So, again, watch them to be very active. We know that Chris Paul might be just a, a kind of a, a temporary stop for him in Oklahoma City. We've thought, we all thought that might be the case when he got traded there initially this season. So, you know, they have some stuff that they can play with uh, if they want to make moves, and they have a lot that they can package together. Something I brought up as a as, as a possibility for all the Philly fans out there, um, and Oklahoma City Thunder fans, we could see a Chris Paul for Bill, uh, for Benny Simmons trade happening. That Pot- forty mil is just so potentially, much, but it's about what Simmons is going to get paid on the back end yeah. of his. Um, so, and the only again, the only reason you would do something like that um, is because you're just like the Philly was choosing Embiid and Oklahoma City's choosing to get those numbers off their books. But Basically the whole point of this of this segment was to say the Knicks got fucked again. Yep. And you're going absolutely nowhere. And, and I can't name I can't name any of the players out of the top five that I think the Knicks are going to end up with. Oh, they really thought Lamelo was going to be the guy. Like and who knows? Gonna, who knows? They could. He could he drop could still fall. Yeah. Like he could just rub you know the majority of these GMs the wrong way. Uh, the whole LeVar. the ball family mm-hmm. thing could really scare some people off from him. 
Um, and again, the fact of the matter is he's not a proven talent yet. So he could drop to he, the Pelicans. He, well, he, he and it could, could, he and could, it could happen. Pel- I don't think he'll drop past New York. Right. If he if he's there at eight, they should definitely take him. <laughs> I mean, they ha- there's no reason not to. Right. The kid has a high ceiling. You might as well. He can get Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I just this sucks. Like, I hate the fact that this draft is so soft and I'm hoping next year is better. Uh, one more thing before we go. Duncan Robinson's just like blowing it up right now. This kid, what a what a gem, right? What a gem. A stat came out today that 81% of his points in his career, in his two-year career, are all from three-pointers. <laughs> he knows where he makes his bread. That's his bread and butter. That's where the bread is You know what? Right actually, there. speaking of three-pointers, let me bring something up that Jeff Van Gundy just repeats every single game. You know these guys get three games a day or whatever? Yeah. He repeats this stat over and over, and I really enjoy it. Because we're seeing a lot of and one threes, people getting fouled on threes. This is a lot in the bubble. It's been happening over the past few years. And uh, going back to the Clippers, J.J. Redick and Jamal were like the best at the and one threes and getting fouled on a three with James Harden. But he brought up a stat where he was saying, like, why are, why do we even contest threes anymore? Because you're going to get the foul. The leg kick out, the foul. If you're going to foul a guy who shoots 37% from three but shoots 89% from the free throw line, it makes absolutely no sense. Let him take the shot. Totally, right? And especially if you're – Stop jumping. That, okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Put the hands up, okay? Stop let's, jumping. Let's stop contesting threes. Drew, when was the last time you see anybody block a three-point shot? Zion. Zion. Okay, that's the only dude I thought about. But this makes sense, right? Yeah. Nobody ever blocks a three-point shot. The no, only time you should contend or like contest is like game point. On game point or, you know, end of the quarter or you're, you know, it's a really big defensive play. I get it. Houston's going to shoot 60 fucking threes a night. Let them pull that shit. Just put the hands up. Put something in their face. Stop trying to go for the three. That makes so much sense from Van Gundy, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a defensive principle that gets lost. You're not supposed to jump. You're, you're, you're not. I mean, as a defender, you're supposed to stay on the ground. Coaches, when you're a young child all the way up through high school, harp on that. Just keep your goddamn feet on the ground. And a lot of that goes away, you know, in the NBA because these guys are so freaking athletic. And they're also used to blocking shots when they're playing in high school and, and college because they are that NBA kind of tier of an athlete. But when you get to the league right now especially, it just doesn't make any sense to jump as these guys are shooting the ball. You're jumping uh, for a, what, like a .07% chance that you're going to get a the piece shot. of the ball. And more likely than not, what's going to happen You'll is that, it just doesn't make a lot Wouldn't of sense. Wouldn't you like to see that one game, though? Like, what the fuck does OKC have to lose right now? Stop like, jumping. Yeah. Just stop jumping. Well, so I, I, the one thing I mentioned about Dort is that guy is, is doing a really good job, and he's not really jumping. That's he's he's What he's doing, he's very physical. Dort, if you haven't seen him... Um, he, he played at Arizona State, same college as, as James Harden, but obviously years apart from each other. Um, he's a thick dude. He's very strong. He's muscular. What he's doing, he's just getting in a really good defensive stance, and he's able to take you know those little body punches that, that Harden gives you as he drives the lane with his shoulder, the elbow, and he's just staying down. And on the three, he's making him work hard, not letting him get that separation. Giving him the space. Staying down yeah. and then putting a hand up to contest without necessarily having to jump. And if you don't jump and you just stay in your space and Harden kicks his leg out, it's not a foul. Right. It's only a foul if you jump. I'm with it, dude. <laughs> I mean, it opened my eyes when Van Gundy said that. Just the, the numbers are right there. Analytics. Uh, you got anything else, man? No? Nah? Clippers going to pull this out tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, have a, I have an issue tomorrow. What's your issue? I mean, I can't. I'm not going to be able to watch the game. Oh, really? 
It's a twelve thirty game. I have oh. a I have an engagement that I have to go to, that I have to be a part of, and I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if I'm going to record. I don't know if. I mean, I'm obviously going to record and well, watch sure. it when yeah, I go yeah, home. Yeah. I have to go old school and possibly turn off my phone. Turn off the cell phone. I mean, I'm a little nervous. I won't be in my road shorts in my chair right. watching the game. I'm a little nervous about this. If there's no Luca, I'll be a little less nervous. You should be fine. Like even hey, if, don't like jinx, we said, don't no, chuck jinx me, bro. No, I didn't say I didn't guarantee a win. Don't don't chuck jinx I didn't me right now. Guarantee a win. Plus, I'm my 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 numbers, my percentages of me guaranteeing things are much higher. Than Charles. Charles has the worst record you of, are calling, of calling games and series that I've ever seen. I don't it's know. My so call my call is Mo Bamba for Rookie of the Year. It's was, still, that's my greatest call still of up all there. time. Is he, he's still waiting for that award. <laughs> hey, bro, I really liked him. I really thought his yeah, combine was great. Hey, shout out to BasketballNews.com. This is going to be our first drop for you guys. We're looking forward to many more. You guys check out the site on Monday when we launch. Monday is... National Kobe Bryant Day. Yep. Tomorrow is Kobe's birthday. We will be doing nothing but Kobe on our page tomorrow. Beautiful. We miss you. We love you. We cannot believe it's been, the, I mean, shit, what's it been? Six months Seven now? Months. Seven months now, man, since the world has shifted, since it's changed. But we're going to show you your love tomorrow and on Monday. Check out basketballnews.com. We're going to take you out with a classic Hot Boys mix. Clear the set. This is my classic one, Drew. Turn this up. Bang it. Rate, review, subscribe. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. And Drew, we're ghosts. Mama. See, I be riding on the pride in the next bubble. Ready to come up at the trunk and make your chest buckle. When I come, I let the screens with kids by the truck loop. Should have got up by my way when you heard my clip shuffle. Now y'all was on the black with shotgun. But when I finished, made it look like y'all had popcorns. Dressed in black, long hair, long gats, lights on, no stuntin'. Head to the back, no mask, I'm thuggin'. What? what you gon' do if you real stop bustin'? Then 20 more niggas followin' on so ain't nothin'. Look, 17 old, that's where I grew up at. So where I was, the nigga stand, that's where he grew up at. I keep up that CMB, so respect my peeps. Or else, you want your life to be all over the streets. Now I see the younger soldier bring you closer to death. A little more than you expect, nigga, I clear the set. You know this? Say them when them high boy even bust them head Them cops on his gun and all the bloody bodies dead Them, them really shouldn't try to wank or see you flee with kids And a bust a nigga why do they put his brains on his feet Now watch a nigga neighborhood Go up and flank, they, they all got hurt But they stand the heat I been none of them little jaggers ain't gon' test their wine I put the set, set, messin' with me I find a nigga where he stays Cock my eye, release the spray We gon' ride or we gon' play It's on my mind, nigga, anything Make you die where you lay Try me and see what shake Why, nigga, I ain't fake But the bye-bye and I fly away Now let them blood flow, flow Them won't be Take them nuts so flow Them must really take this checkers, boy But why would the beef is hot When you play with a pepper, boy Now fry, blah, blah, blah I don't mean no wrong And you might think I'm wrong But if you play with me in my clique You grow up like a bone I, I upset your home Don't slugs at your bone Just give me the word that I shine the chrome Bring my hair in the song Y'all live forward, shouldn't come And give the
why'd you play ball? Keep a dub sack, I hate ball. Come to everything today, ball. Why'd you just separate ball? When I clacks, me clacks, me let off them buck shots and kill them blood clacks. What the deal? Y'all niggas want some blue with this? Killers like us, take it to your front door with this. See, he ain't calling, say no real bitch. I'm used to be sitting at order with my steel flipping. I'm pistol gripping from a riding with my grill glistening. Niggas think I caught up in me, so they still missing. Now catch me in a black truck with chrome wheels twisting. A little tipsy, so I'm liable to come kill your missus. Now peep it out. Nigga, clip the zipper while I come sweep it out. I'm keeping cheap and clouds, busting in your beef house. If a nigga won't play, I turn faster to flowers. So nigga, clip the set about five after the hour. You know they say the way in my door, you will bust them head. Him calls on his son, and all them bloody bodies dead. Them, them really shut them trolley, we gon' see a few with kids. In the bus, a nigga, why do they put his brains on this place? Watch a nigga, nigga, go up in flames. Watch a nigga neighborhood, go up in flames They, they all got burned, I couldn't stand it